Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are fixing the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of cap flexibility, a lot of roster flexibility, a lot of draft flexibility. So there's so much that we can do with this team. I'm very excited about this one. Of course, we're going to go through a free agency projection as well. Guys that we think they should target and bring in. And then, of course, we'll end it with a three-round mock draft, which for the Cardinals, they got a lot of picks. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Joining you guys on the final, we think, edition of Fix Your Franchise for this 2024 draft cycle. And with it, we are doing the Arizona Cardinals. I know so many people are throwing tomatoes at us. They're pissed. They're booing at the car or wherever they're listening to this podcast because we did not do their team. We had a lot of fans reach out. But ultimately, we chose the Arizona Cardinals. One, because it is a true fixture franchise. We get to fix a team that didn't perform well last year. Two, they got a lot of draft picks, and it is a draft show. But three, Connor, we said this when we were texting back and forth, agonizing over which team would be the last team. And at the end of the day, we say it's a pot of the people. You guys chose it. We we got the most tweets, messages, comments about the Arizona Cardinals over the last, I would say, month and a half. And so we can't ignore those. We say that it's a pod for you guys. So here we are doing the Cardinals. But, buddy, there's a lot to talk about here, especially draft-centric, and I'm excited to get into it. That's right. We try to be the draft pod and community for the people. It's as simple as that. So we went to, and we we agonized over this. We did. We, we, we actually did. had picked a different team until about four hours before recording because it's just, it's hard. It's, I guess next year, you and I have been really busy this season, but it would be nice next year to try to outline how to do more of these. I think, honestly, full transparency, you and I are surprised at how well these were taken this y- year. Y'all That's seem really to love what them. it is. For, dude, the first year, I felt like we did four. Yeah. You know, it was just like a, it was a fun series of, hey, what do we do in December and January before we get into like Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, things like that. And this year, because you guys liked it so much the previous season, we decided to do more and it feels like we didn't even do enough. Like I had somebody, Connor, I had somebody reach out to us. I think it was in the YouTube comments saying, look, I know this might be a long shot, but can you guys fix the 49ers? Like there's a <laughs> lot of things that they could do this off season. And you know, they were saying like, I get it. They, they no, might I win get the it. Super Bowl, but they just really enjoy these deep dives for their specific That's what it is. So we hear you guys and we want to do more team centric stuff on this channel you know it might not be like the full episode sometimes maybe summer content we could get into like big team previews things like that we could do some team specific big boards all that stuff but you guys seem to really like this and we want to provide you with the content obviously that you enjoy so today that's in the form of our final fixture franchise with the arizona cardinals um oh before i get to that speaking of how awesome our listeners are shout out to chris max and whoever else was in the photo that I tweeted out from the from the from the stands of the South Carolina versus Kentucky men's basketball game, we got some serious addicts. Who uh, my fiance was at the game; she was covering the game; she was working it, and they actually got her attention. And they said, "Like, hey, hey, tell Trevor we love the podcast." And she was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, I got to take a picture of you guys because you shouted them out." And so we gave them a tweet. I just I texted Connor immediately, and we were both freaking out about it that we have people who love 
the show everywhere. Uh, you know, and I, I had tweets from that. Some guy said, hey, all the way from France, we're listening to you on the show. From Canada, we're listening to Australia, we're listening to you. So whether it's at the sideline of a basketball game or wherever in the world you guys are listening, just wanted to give a quick shout out and say we appreciate the hell out of you guys. We have so much fun recording the show and it was just so cool getting that picture in that moment for you guys last night. It was awesome when you sent me that. And the number one thing that made me laugh about it was here's Alyssa, who is a very successful, very well-known reporter on SEC Network, does really big college football, college basketball, softball, big time games. And when she's walking, these guys flagging her down. She's probably thinking like, oh, brother, what do these guys want? And it's about her fiance's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's the thing that made me laugh the most. It was a very lighthearted moment that uh, we loved very much. Yeah, so appreciate you guys. Big shout out there. That was uh, that was fun to get that uh, that picture. So, all right, buddy, where do you want to start with the Cardinals? Uh, we, I can I can start off with just some records, some stats of EPA sure. per play if you want to do that. And okay, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. So, Arizona, four and thirteen record this season, and honestly, the record feels way worse than it actually looked. You know, th- this is a team that. When you looked at the depth chart coming into this year, and we'll get more into that, you thought this might be a one-two win team in the NFL. And I think right off the bat, that Giants game, that Cowboys game, even without Kyler Murray, they were looking really competitive. And I think that they're going in the right direction. So I think though it is four and thirteen, and that is many games below five hundred, I do think the arrow is really pointing up for this team. And I think that's thanks to their general manager, Monty Osenfort, their head coach, Jonathan Gannon, who did a wonderful job last offseason and during this season. Eight, eight, and one against the spread. I wanted to mention that. So sort of right around where Vegas thought them. I thought it would be a little bit better, honestly, against the spread, but wanted to shout that out too. EPA per play on offense. Now, this certainly got a little bit better when Kyler Murray got back from his ACL injury. They were 21st in the NFL at EPA per play on offense. Defense, which... Jonathan Gannon's area of expertise, 32nd in the NFL in EPA per play allowed, but it starts with run defense. This was the worst graded run defense team in our system in the league last year. And I don't think that was a big Jonathan Gannon problem, Connor. I think it was just this roster didn't have the horses to run the race. If That's you will. It. They, they just did not have the dudes to be able to play good defense last year. They did not. It's, it's hard, man, no matter how smart you are or how innovative you are or how much you prepare. There is something to this league that if you don't have the players, the ingredients, you simply can't make it work. There's certain parts of a game or even a season you can get through with, you know, depth pieces. And but I mean, this is a team that came into the year and a lot of their frontline starters would traditionally be depth pieces for most NFL teams. That's just the reality of it. Some young, and don't get me wrong, they have their veterans that are good football players, even when Kyler, not even just when Kyler came back, but James Conner, obviously they have Hollywood Brown. I mean, DJ Humphreys has been playing tackle for them for a while. But yeah, I'm with you that this is one of those. I've witnessed this closely because covering the Jets in New York for pre and post, uh, Robert Sala's first year, the Jets were a lot of times abysmal on defense because Mm -hmm. they had guys out there. I mean, that were street free agents trying to run a scheme that was complicated and asked a lot athletically. And then year two, year two, after they used all those draft assets, there was a totally different team. And then we saw it this year, year three, they replicated that it just, 
that's the most recent example I could think of a really smart defensive mind getting a job. At, that's a rebuild being awful at what he's good at year one, but then having the time to turn it around. I have confidence that Arizona is going to be able to follow that path eventually. I do too. And I think the, uh, the most important, maybe that's not the right word. Maybe there's a better word for it, but what I want to take away from this year with Arizona is I think there was a lot of good faith built, you know, despite the record, what they were able to do with, like you said, basically the ingredients that was handed to them. Um, I think Monty Austin Ford built a lot of good faith in what he can do as a general manager. I think Jonathan Gannon built a lot of good faith. And even though the results weren't great compared to make teams making the postseason, it makes you feel good about where they're going. And so if they would have looked terrible this year, like maybe the roster would have indicated, I think people could have looked at that and said, yeah, of course, they don't have the guys, but they would have been terrible. They go into next year, if they didn't improve maybe to the lengths that they wanted them to, all of a sudden that seat starts to get real hot for Jonathan Gannon, especially depending on what the final record was. I don't really know, I mean, outside of it being a catastrophic season, I don't think there's any way that Jonathan Gannon is going to be on the hot seat going into the end of next year at all because of what he was able to do this year with the hand that he was dealt. So I think from those two guys, I think there's a lot of good faith there. I think for Kyler Murray as well. And I do want to just start with the Kyler Murray conversation because there was a time when early on in the uh, PFF mock draft simulator days for the 2024 NFL draft cycle, the Cardinals had picks one and two. And we were sitting here thinking, wow, what is this team going to do with picks one and two in this draft? And now they're picking fourth and 27th, yeah. which is hilarious. Wild. I, I, I found a, I found an article in just doing some research for this podcast. This was this is on Arizona Cardinals, azcardinals.com. This is from the team. And I don't blame them for this at all. It's just kind of funny. This article was written in August. Um and it says, oh, God, where's the quote? Uh, it, it talked about some of the trades that they did in last year's draft. The centerpiece of the wheeling and dealing was acquiring the Houston Texans' first and third round picks um, for the trade down on Thursday. The Texans are expected to struggle this upcoming season, especially with rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. Uh, and, a pick th- and this pick could find its way into the top five. Well, uh, we were we right there with it. you. We all thought it. Until, until, until we weren't. So... Obviously, they don't have the ability to now hold their own destiny for one of these top quarterbacks. And I don't think that they would have picked one anyways because of the way that Kyler played. And Kyler had his lowest graded season, I believe, as a passer this year. Um, No, not quite. Last year, before he got hurt, was a little bit worse. But you look at who he was throwing to this year. It was never going to be as good as it's looked in the years past. You know, in 2021, when he was having that MVP caliber season, he had 43 big time throws and just 14 turnover worthy plays. Uh, he had an average depth of target of uh, of 8.6. Um, passing yards per attempt was all the way up to 7.5, and none of those numbers are even close uh, this past year. But I still believe that he did enough with what was given to earn that good faith and to, without question, be this starting caliber quarterback for them moving forward. So, Kyler, all things considered to me, had a great year, and and we're not even talking about quarterback anymore for Arizona. That's what's so amazing about this episode, you know, specifically, is that 
it is one of those that you go into it and you got a GM, you got a head coach and a coaching staff. And the biggest surprise is you got a quarterback or you're going forward with your quarterback. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Kyler has almost become an underappreciated player in this league under mm-hmm. center. So the Texans, why they're such an interesting rebuild is it, it's everything else just about on this roster. But the fact that they have 13 selections in this draft and six in the top 100, I mean, that's the kind of draft that you're not only who knows if they really have a 13 man draft class, although they are they're, <laughs> a team a lot. Can, they're a team that could carry one. I mean, when you go through this roster, not a lot yeah. of teams where you go, yeah, they can carry, you know, 11, 12 kind what's of the, rookies. What's the most draft picks ever? I mean, I'm sure. Well, they cap you, right? There is a limit. Do they? Or there was. Oh, yeah. no. I just looked up Georgia statistics. You ever, hear, you ever hear the Idzik 12? <laughs> no. John Idzik was GM of the Jets. Very forgettable two years. And he just hoarded and stockpiled as much cap space and draft picks as he could. And he has this cl- draft class in 2014 or 15. I'll find it where it got called the Idzik 12 because he he took 12 players and it's truly horrific like it's so it's just awful just some light googling here um in 2016 the Cleveland Browns had 14 picks in a single draft tied the 1997 Miami Dolphins for the most picks since the draft went to seven rounds but in 2020 the Minnesota Vikings had 15 picks giving them the record for the most picks since the draft was limited to seven rounds. I just pulled up the 2020 NFL draft and I need to know who this massive list, who is on this massive list of players. So, all right, you ready for it? Yes. Justin Jefferson, Jeff Gladney, Ezra Cleveland, Cam Dantzler, DJ Wanham, James Lynch, Troy Dye, Harrison Hand, KJ Osborne, Blake Brandell, Josh Metellus, Kenny Willekes, Nate Stanley, Brian Cole, Kyle Hinton. Well, it started out good. <laughs> yeah. They had two first-round picks, three fourth-round picks, two fifth, two sixth, four seventh. That's Man. a lot. That's too many. You know? It, it is, dra- no, it really, as, there as is such thing. It's, 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 no, there really many. is. There's, there is such thing as too many. I, when you look at just the actual hit rate outside of rounds one, we'll even say two. You'd be better to maneuver putting those picks together and going up. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, that's the reality. Like, if especially, it's very hard for a coaching staff to come into a camp with 13, 14 rookies and a UDFA class. That's a, that's a lot just to keep up with and evaluate. And get, there's not enough reps to go around mostly. Yeah. Now, Arizona's yeah. unique, though. Because this is a weaker roster, roster wide. Sure. Yeah, they could make all 13 of these picks. And I would be like, ah, I, I get it for them. I wouldn't say that often, though. All right. So you want to. OK, so let's you know, we get. I want to talk about Monty a little bit. We can talk about that when we get more towards the mock draft that we're going to do at the end of the show. We'll also talk about free agency, which. By the way, just doing some research. I don't think 
people have the right number out there with Cardinals cap space. And that seems to be common. Like people just go off of whatever the highest number is, like wherever they see the highest number, they go, Oh, they they have this much cap space. And like, I've seen people say that they've got like $58 million in cap space, almost $60 million in cap space. And that's not close to what I have unless they cut some people, which we'll get into in a second, but sure. Let's break down the roster. We do need to break down this roster. You mentioned a, it, this is a team that uh, maybe maybe they do make all 13 selections. I don't think they do because Monty's known for his uh, wheeling dealing already after one year. Yes. But when you look at this depth chart, what stands out to you? Let's break down the roster here. What do you want to talk about here with the Cardinals? Well, I think it goes off the top of the show what you, you discussed with their weak defense and what the root of that was. They got to get better up front. You have way to get- better up front. Now, all due respect to Roy Lopez, though. I was going to say our good pal <laughs> is the household name up front there. But I mean, yeah, they really do. And it's it's a little bit of everything. They need the beef. They need an attacking, you know, three tech kind of player. Mm-hmm. They need more pass rushers. Uh, BJ Ojolari flashed a little bit last Your year, boy. but yeah, shout out. But they need they just need this front needs a makeover. There's no way around it. They should look totally different. I mean, that's where I just start. That's where everything starts for me, because I don't think this was a team that couldn't score points this year. You're right. Their record. I, it felt like they were in a lot of games considering they only won four. Yeah. I mean, it felt like they were in a lot of games this year and they could score points. Whenever you have Kyler Murray under center, you could score points. So I'm not saying they're going to neglect offense, obviously. I think everybody knows the elephant in the room with pick number four. But they have a lot of resources after that selection that should be, in my opinion, fully allocated to the defense on top of supplementing it with some free agent players, notably maybe a pass rusher, because we've discussed often on this franchise that that's what's out there, we think, this year. Yeah, I, I think certainly it was just starting on the defense side of things too to have that conversation the most glaring need for them is definitely that interior defensive line spot you know if they want to keep running the a four three formation with three down linemen you just you've got to get way better at this you've you've got to get better players in here um right it's a lot of pressure on those guys lj collier lecky fotu uh jonathan ledbetter we mentioned roy lopez as well like these again all due respect to Roy Lopez always these guys have to be better up front this this is where you started with why you were not able to defend the run and I think when you look beyond that I'm just looking at their um their base formation because if they're in a 3-4 they've got these two inside linebackers it's undrafted rookie from 2018 Josh Woods who had a 31.8 overall PFF grade this year and the other one is Kaiser White and Kaiser White's a 234 pound on like converted safety. Now I know it's yeah. obviously it's like been a while since he's played safety, but still with Zayvon Collins moving to the edge with Isaiah Simmons, no longer on the team, you're you basically run out of these like true middle linebackers to be able to play in that defense. Now they dra- they drafted Owen Papo last year, who was I think okay this year. He just didn't play a lot which understandably. So we didn't think that he'd play a lot. They got Chris Barnes as well, but it's like the, the these aren't impact linebackers. And when you go to the interior defensive line as well, 
like I said, H- LJ Collier, uh, Ledbetter, like Ifotu, um, Roy Lopez, Dante Stills, I thought was fine. You know, but he's he's a he was a late round draft pick for them uh, last year. What round was he drafted in? I got that up here. I'll find out six? for you. Sixth. I was going to say, I thought it was really late. Yeah, it was either sixth or seventh. I could not remember. Yeah. So he, like, he's a sixth round pick. It's just straight up not good enough. And I think for whatever free agency money they end up having, I think that's where you got to look first. You got to look at the interior defensive line because this interior defensive line class in this upcoming NFL draft, you know, you could get Savondre Sweat, you could get uh, Nazir Stackhouse if you wanted to, but. Outside of those guys, it's just not very flashy. So if you I swing mean, miss, both too, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. So, you don't want to go into the draft with this gaping hole and go. We have to get one of these guys, even though we know we're gonna try to get one of those guys. You need, you need some reliability up front there. So I, th- I think, man, the front five like the interior five the three down linemen and the linebackers behind him that is the biggest glaring weakness for them on the defensive side because okay to me they have edge rushers you have bj ojalari you have zavin collins you have victor uh dmkj and, and okay are these guys world beaters for you no but at least Ojolari like gives you youth and hope. I think Zayvon Collins is going to get another year at edge since this was the first year that he was a full-time edge. So you're not hopeless there. You at least have something to invest in. And then the secondary is just young. It's really always young. going to be young. Really um, young, besides Buda Baker. Right, but not that they can't get better at secondary. We've, we've mocked a corn to them many times, and we probably will at the end of this show. But at least Keytrail Clark, I like. Um, Garrett Williams, I like. You know, so... Corner and edge, I can at least give myself some hope in the in youth. And those other two positions, interior defensive line and linebacker, I can't. So that's, to me, where a lot of the free agency money has got to go because you, you have to change that if you want to be better next year. Right, and I, I mean, looking at some guys that they could go after, I think one of my first calls is to Leonard Williams, right? Oh, I'm, sure, sure. That That's the, the exact kind of player I feel like they need. He he might not get you 12 sacks, but he's going to play the hell out of the run. You've already seen him a little bit in this division this year after the Giants traded him to Seattle. I mean, he's going to chip in as a pass rusher for you. There's no denying that, but he's somebody that is going to hold the point of attack. He can handle doubles, and he's going to, plop right down there at DN for you on that front and be a mainstay for a ton of snaps. Mm-hmm. That, that's one of my first calls. And I know some people, you know, could counter and say, well, Leonard Williams, he's 29, you know, he'll be 30. It could be a little expensive. By the time we think we're really good again, you know, will he be going the wrong way? And I just don't, I think they just need stability in there. I would, pay, I would agree. I, I would get stability in there. And I think this, by the way, let me emphasize this. I don't look at this team as getting rolled over next year. You got a veteran quarterback. Oh, you shouldn't. Yeah. I, this, if they hit on this draft and make a couple tweaks in free agency, why can't you compete in this division with what you have under center? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I am with you. I, if, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm not shying away from a player who I know can really help me continue the upward trajectory of my organization just because he might be a little bit older. And 
and they and D, are D tackles. They've aged well in this league lately. It feels like. I mean, you got Calais Campbell out there at 37, who's still playing, mean, he playing is, the hell he, out of right. Yeah, I mean, him and Cam Hayward are just like it's, it's unbe- timeless. Truly, true. Yeah, truly timeless is is uh, you know what's the damn? I just product placement. It immediately triggered a memory in my head. You saying you know it truly is timeless, and I can't even remember what the product is, so I can't even make the reference. So. That was a fail on my part. But anyways, maybe if you guys invest more money in your product next time in your advertisement, maybe I'll be able to remember the whole wow, thing. Wow, get wrecked, whoever so, you are. <laughs> so yeah, all right. We'll just we'll just blend it and we'll talk a little bit about free agency here because I agree. This is kind of the way that the conversation will naturally move. As far as over the cap has it, their effective cap space, which remember, remember effective cap space takes the total cap space that they are projected to have and it factors in getting the roster to at least 51 players and then also signing whatever your entire rookie class is. So for the Cardinals, they have a lot of draft picks. It's going to cost them more, especially more one, top 100 draft picks. So that's going to be accounted for more. I think their raw cap space number is somewhere around $45 million, And the effective cap space number that over the cap has is $30 million. Exactly. It's a big dip when you have that many picks allocated. Correct. So... I agree with you. I think Leonard Williams should be on the radar. I like Christian Wilkins as well. I like Justin Matab- I like it's Justin Matabuke. Yeah, it, it, this is a good year to DJ Reader because I think right Reader is absolutely on my list. If you want to go a little bit cheaper, even Grover Stewart as well. Like big, hulking, strong interior defensive linemen. Like these guys are all varied in price. If you look at our projected per year numbers for each one of these guys which you can do over at pff.com if you have a subscription by the way mds30 gets you 30 percent off just letting you guys know sweet justin matabuke uh brad projects it which brad cap goat 23 million a year christian wilkins 19 million a year dj reader 15 million a year grover stewart 10 million a year so those are the guys that really jumped out to me i didn't check what leonard williams is um i can actually check that in a second here let's see leonard williams 17 for Leonard Williams. And I know people are out there are probably like, what about Chris Jones? Chris Jones would be 30 million a year. So if you want to go out and get Chris Jones and basically it's Chris Jones and a bunch of rookies, you can. <laughs> More power to you. I just don't think they're going to do it. Uh, so I would definitely go after your interior defensive line and free agency. To me, it makes a ton of sense for them to be able to operate like that. Now, before we get to some other positions, because there are some other positions, when you look at their cap space, there are some potential. There is some potential for some room that they could create. It's not, these aren't like guarantees. You got to do it. If you move on from DJ Humphreys, their left tackle, you save another 9 million. If you move on from James Connor, you save another 5 million. If you move on from Buda Baker, because I think Buda Baker's got a club option, like if you let Buda Baker walk, I think that's 14 million that you would say. So there is plenty of room to save more money, but if you're replacing DJ Humphreys, you got to have a backup plan because he's your left tackle. So you could say, oh, we're going to flip Paris Johnson Jr. back over to the left side where he played in college and where he's probably more comfortable. Maybe that's the long-term idea for him anyways. Okay, you got to have a plan for right tackle. And just straight up going into the draft with a hole at right tackle, that's not ideal. So if you cut him, you have to have some sort of contingency plan. You're probably going to have to go sign somebody anyways. You're not, you're, they're just, they're not going to move on from Buda Baker unless Buda Baker really wants out 
I don't think they're going to move on from him. There's a culture aspect there too. And then James Conner, I think people can look at that one and be like, eh, you know, James Conner, not the best running back in the league. You can save five mil. James Conner was not even freaking close the leading rusher on this team. I mean, DeMarcado was second on this team with like 290 yard rushing yards or something. James Conner had over a thousand. So you're, and he got not, hurt this there's, year. Right. There's, there's not even a committee thing going on. Here. He missed so time. If, if you cut James Conner, you again, so have to have some sort of contingency plan. So the people that like to go through these exercises and be like, Oh, where can I save money? It's when I look at that 30 mil that the Cardinals have projected right now, I kind of think that's going to be the number. I, I don't think they're going to create a ton more cap space. I really don't. Maybe a little bit here and there, but that's also without signing Marquise Brown, who's an unrestricted free agent, who I don't think they're going to sign anyways because that would be 15 mil on your cap. I think they're probably going to let him walk. So that's a little that's a little preface into the free agent conversation, but um, I didn't know if there were any other free agents that you had your eye on that you wanted to throw out there, but just wanted to kind of set the stage for people. No, that totally checks out. I mean, they're a team that I, I do agree with your initial stance, too, that I don't know if this is a team that's going out and just spending wildly either it's not like they're they've been hoarding 90 million in cap space and they're going to go buy up the free agency market i think that they'll spend wisely and i think they can get an impact player um but i also think that goes back to why you don't want to be too quick to just start cutting everybody as well Mm -hmm. i i think that honestly and i don't want to jump ahead to the draft but it does tie into free agency so i'll bring this up because you brought up humphreys it is so fascinating the split and i don't i don't even know where i land right now between people that think they need to draft a left tackle because Paris played right this year mm-hmm. and move on from Humphreys and the people that think it's insane. I like when I see the conversations, it's just two totally different sides. It's not even like a, a discussion over the middle of, well, maybe they could do that or it depends if Marv falls or I, I think it's it's one of the most interesting aspects of the team. I would love to know how they internally how they see their offensive line. I don't I don't know if internally they're going to move on from Humphreys. I don't think offensive line you don't just chop offensive linemen right. in this league. Right. 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 It's not as easy as people make it out to be in Madden, like playing Madden. It's always I, great to have a floor in this league on the offensive line. Right, because look, Humphreys is 30. He's 30 years old. He just turned 30. Um I don't have his contract up right in front of me, but he had his worst year of his career statistically this past season. Okay. I am I'm well aware of that. I understand that. Right. Still, he's got experience. He's been with the organization a long time. He's had some good years. In fact, 2022, the year for him. Okay. As a run blocker, he wasn't great according to our system, but like pass blocker, he's been fine. And that's kind of what it's about anyways. What are you losing if you cut him? Because you're going to have to go out and replace him. Like I mentioned, you don't have a you don't have another offensive tackle on the roster that you could play at that spot and be comfortable with. So I think he's still around. As I what? hammer away on my, my mechanical mechanical keyboard. keyboard, love that. He has, and we're assuming he'll be he'll be healthy. Obviously, he tore his ACL right at the end of the year. Um, so we're we're going with the assumption. Yeah, when that did they he tear his ACL? What month? It was the first week of January. It was against oh, damn, the it was the, in the win against the Eagles. So 
but you don't just you don't make those decisions based on if a guy's going to miss the first week or two of the season you know yeah it's it's interesting to me though it really is i think they're keeping them i think so too so all right we're gonna get into some uh some some team needs some more specific team needs actually i do want to hit on a couple more free agents but before we do that we got to talk about our friends over at Fabric. If you've got a family, then you got to get them term life insurance to protect them. I mean, plain and simple. It's one of the smartest financial decisions that you're going to make. And the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done. So you can just focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to get you high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policies in less than 10 minutes. You can get your personalized quote in just minutes and apply whenever it is convenient for you. It is all online into your schedule. They even have flexible policies like million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. You can go from start to cover in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. You can join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family and apply in the, and apply today in just minutes over at meetfabric.com slash stock exchange. That is meetfabric.com slash stock exchange, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash stock exchange. Policies are issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Okay, I mentioned that I think they're okay at corner. They don't need to panic at corner. I would still see who they might be able to get in free agency. I mean, you you could let's be real. You could argue for any position on this football team. There is no position on this football team besides tight end where you're like, they can't do that. If and quarterback, of course, but if Jalen Johnson or Legereus need to hit the market. I think you bring them to the negotiating table. Right. And I know Bears fans are just furious every time we bring up the possibility. I know. I'm just saying. I kind of just say something because we Trevor and I and we don't do this for all this stuff we do, but this show especially we read the comments because this is a community and I want like I love the involvement and the feedback and getting everybody involved. And it's it's awesome. But when I see comments like that are discussing what a GM said in the press conference. I've just been doing this long enough that I, I think Jalen Johnson's going to be back with the bears. Let me say that first, but what a GM says in a press conference is never going to stop me from talking about potentials of the off season. GM, it just, wants, GM wants good player to stay breaking news. It, they just lie all the time. They lie all the time. He's probably going to be a bear for a very long time, but we can have conversations about, what would the Bears do if they lose him? Or what would a team do if he's out there? I think that's okay. No, it's not. It's, you know what? It's not. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Other corners who could hit the market. Kendall Fuller. Maybe, but. Man, you went from Jalen Johnson and Legereus Sneed to Kendall Fuller. Well, that says that's a lot how, about this corner class. Well, okay, so I, but that's how it goes, right? That's no, why I'm not I, saying I you're wrong. Wanted to shout out corner because if one of these two dudes hits the market, which neither of them should, although obviously Kansas City situation is a little yeah, but the tag for corner, Jones. the tag for corner is not even bad. That's why it's so hard to yeah. What is the tag for this year for corners? Probably really low. So I don't think either of those guys hit the market, but then you got like Kendall Fuller, Chidobi Wuzier, Stephon Gilmore, Steven Nelson. Eli Apple's just always out there. It's amazing. He's a free agent every single year. Every year. 
Every he's always year. playing in. He's always playing in massive games. Huge yeah. implications. On he's the, line. the you know he's the he's the LeBron. We're like technically he's a free agent every single year, you know, and it's just like ah, you know, maybe we could have an Apple conversation, you know. Yeah, that'll be the last comparison to LeBron for Eli Apple and his existence. I was gonna say first and last and last. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> it's a, it's a thin group though. It is looking at outside, this. It's thin. Outside. Outside of those guys at the top. That's why, again, again, going back to kind of our, our original strategy for the Cardinals, we think a lot of things need to change for them on the defense side of the football and interior defensive lines where we, we believe you should spend the money. Now, what about on, on offense? We talked a little bit about the DJ Humphrey situation. We talked a little bit about James Conner. I think that both of those guys are back. Wide receiver, because wide receiver is also an area where they could sign in free agency, and I think they will because I don't think they're going to bring back Marquise Brown. Um, I wonder if he just gets too much somewhere else simply because of the speed factor. Um, but it's more than just Marquise Brown. Michael Wilson, which if you've been listening to this podcast since last draft season, you already knew the man was going to go off. And he did. It's one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. And we knew that was going to happen. No, but he's been, he's been fine for his rookie year. So I think that he is going to be a stable for them. I think the Greg Dorch has been fine as well. I think he's going to stick around. I think Ronnell Moore gets traded. And I don't have any like rumors, any talk with anybody about that. I think Rondale gets traded. Maybe I'm crazy for that, but what's... Wow, that mechanical keyboard is earning its money. So Rondale Moore is going into the final year of his rookie deal. Yeah, because he okay. wasn't a first-round pick. Right. Rondale Moore, this past season, played the most receiving snaps on the team. 517 receiving snaps. He was... Where is his number? 12th on the team. In wide receiver usage, wide receiver threat percentage, which is what we call it at PFF, 13%. Remember, folks, like the good centerpiece players, the ones that are consistently involved in the offense, they're somewhere around like mid-high 20s. Rondell Moore played the most receiving snaps on the team, and he was 12th in wide receiver usage. They don't give a shit about this guy. No. They've got him out there doing, like you said, you you said this before we recorded the podcast. They got this guy out there doing cardio. Dude, this he's burning calories. For him. He's game on a turf are, treadmill. Game days are simply aerobics classes for this dude. So I think he gets traded. I, don't ask me what his trade value is. I have no idea. I love Rondell Moore, <laughs> Moore coming out of the draft. I still think he's a good football player. Um, I wondered if he would be a better running back than he would be a, a, better, a, a wide receiver at the NFL level. Maybe that is still going to be the case at some point in his career. But if on that Cardinals team, you targeted him 13% of his routes, Buddy, it's only getting better from here. I, I I don't, and when I say that, I mean the wide receiver room around him. So, what makes you think he's going to just jump up to the twenties after that? I don't. I think he's getting traded. The question is, what could you get back for him right now? Uh, ham sandwich with no mayo. That's oh extra. man, that's dark. <laughs> it's like what they give you on a plane. Let me, <laughs> let me, uh. 
let me see. What was his what's it what's been his wide receiver usage throughout his career? Okay, he started. Now this is obviously different because it's Cliff Kingsbury. His first year, his rookie year, he was targeted on 24.2% of his routes. And then in 2022 it was 19.9. And then this past year was 13. God, it's rough. We're going in the wrong direction. If somebody did trade for him, you would think that they are going to try to make him a scat back full time. I mean, you probably get like a fourth or a fifth for him at this point. Right. Which I don't know if that's worth it. To me, it wouldn't be worth it. Like I but I like Rondell Moore. I know. He's had some big plays for them this year with this stuff. It's yeah. It does it is hard to see his role. Maybe it's just growing. a it, maybe it's just a, the wide receiver room's too thin anyways. Right. We and need a just, veteran in here that we've on to him that we've called upon before. Yeah. But I don't know. I figured that I would I would uh shout that out. So anything else on the team building roster side before we get into the draft no because i'm this is a long exciting draft i'm kind of you know anxious to get into it whoo let's get into it let's pull it up mock draft simulator here it is friends i will try to not pick brock bowers by accident (laughs) this time (laughs) trevor versus the mock draft machine Oh, brother! It's like it's the Bills a, versus the Chiefs, man. I was gonna say it's not even a rivalry. You gotta, you got you gotta win a couple for it to be considered a rivalry. So, all right, here we go. The Cardinals have a lot of picks. I mentioned uh, six in the top one hundred. I think we get all six here, obviously, with a three-round mock draft for them. So, let's start it off. Let's see who goes where. Oh no! <laughs> How did this happen? You knew it was gonna happen. Yeah, they lied to us. This is not good. So, for those who are audio only and just wondered what the hell happened, <laughs> the Caleb mock draft Williams, machine broke. Caleb Williams, <laughs> the IRS raided my house. Uh, Caleb Williams went one. Drake May went two. Marvin Harrison Jr. went three to the New England Patriots. That's a tough scene. <sighs> I think we're going to go fix the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks for watching. So, no draft This for you. is a legitimate scenario for them. And I actually think that we should have a little bit of fun here. Let's do I mean, this could happen. Why can't? Right? Right. This probably happens in draft rooms every year where you're all you wore your best suit for draft night. The catering's there. Everybody's excited. You get on the clock. Oh, well, this sucks. It's the reaping sowing meme. It is the reaping sowing meme. It really is. So I think we should have a little bit of fun with this because, as I mentioned, Monty Austin Fort has been very clearly, even just in the one year with him as a general manager, shown that he is open to some wheel and dealing, some moving. He's not afraid of it. And yeah, I was reading articles before mm. this show about how how calm he was on draft night because he felt like he knew all of the scenarios. He knew the stakes, he knew the value. And that's what allowed the Cardinals to move from number three, all the way back to number 12. And then from number 12, back up to number six. And in doing so, they picked up an extra first and third round picks for this year's draft. So they got the guy that they probably would have picked at three in Paris Johnson jr. And instead picked him at six, but just because there was a little bit of risk involved and he kind of had to have a staring contest or a game of chicken, he picked up an extra first and third round picks for it. Now, obviously, that first round pick a lot lower in the draft than we thought that it was going to be. But even with that being the case, it's an extra first round pick. You love to see it. So, yeah, you know, look at somebody who 
he's he, this dude has been in scouting because he came up through scouting. He he began his career as an intern for the Minnesota Vikings in 2021 before serving in the scouting department for the Houston Texans during their inaugural season in 2022. Then for the next 20 years, Trevor, what did I say? 2021 and then 2022. That'd be a wild rise intern in 2021. And then GM. Yeah, that's going to be me. That doesn't, it could, it'd be interesting if you were in your thirties and an intern. Yeah. You know, (laughs) sometimes you know, wrong with that. Late bloomers. That's right. Career switch. Career switch, right. So 2001 and then 2002. And for the last 20 years, he has been in scouting departments around the NFL. Um, And so he has come up through scouting. So he not only understands how to scout and how to uh, view player talent, he understands the draft game. He's, He's been involved in scouting staff that have determined, okay, is this guy worth trading up, trading back? Like, what? tell me about all this. So he seems to be pretty confident in his identity as a GM and as somebody who can wheel and deal a little bit. So I would like to do this here with Jaden Daniels on the board. Somebody, somebody will come up to this pick is very realistic. Who's trading up for him? The Giants Giants or the Falcons or, I mean, I'll tell you right now, I think the Raiders, if we want to go, I don't want the Vikings, the Broncos, but I think we shouldn't go that far back. Although we can't. Yeah. The Falcons. Hmm. This is this is interesting. Let's do the Giants then. Right. Because the Giants guarantee you one of Malik Neighbors or Romo Dunes. That's the smart play. Because the Chargers right. very well could take a wide receiver, but you're still guaranteed one of them. Right. You're not going to play yourself. And if offensive line is in the equation at all either as well, I should say. You don't want to get past the Titans at seven because they're going to take one. Yep. So let's trade with the Giants to make this happen. Okay. okay. Giants given six, four. I don't know what the value is. Uh, they got a lot of picks this year, so they're probably going next year. It's probably what? A second next year? But for our mock rich? draft, we should take the pick this year. Yeah, but. Okay, no, I got an idea. The only way I would do that is if they're like moving up from another pick. Yeah, why don't you, you know? trade some of the the fodder in this okay, as well? Okay, so they get so they get 39. Yeah. And they get back what, like 66 and 71? It feels like we're giving up too much. 66 and Yeah, 140? you're in the right range. Yeah. Okay. So the Giants move up two spots in round one to get a quarterback, but they move back 20. No, yeah, this is way too much. Seven We're giving spots. them way too much. We're giving them way too much, especially for a quarterback. That's the thing. This is this price is different. Okay, so I'm thinking either like 90 or 104. 104, that seems fair. If okay. I wasn't an idiot, I would and I know this isn't perfect. 188 science but let's check the uh trade value chart just for you know just yeah, a, why not j- just why not exactly okay so what's the gap okay so the giants it's 200 points for them to move up from six to four 
Okay, but premium as well for quarterback. Of course, this so. is just the baseline. There's going to be a tax right. here because it's a quarterback. Right. So. What's 139 or what's 39 worth? 510. Okay. So that that's honestly maybe the trade. Man, first and second. Yeah, to move up. Uh, it really just might be the trade. It cost us our other top 40 pick, but we got up for a quarterback. Yeah, obviously, I think I think we're trying to make it make sense because we're trying to get rid of some of these picks because exactly. they're not going to do all thirteen. But um, I mean, we if, yeah, let's if let's Monty's just go for super second. creative. You could also get seventy from the Giants in exchange for. I'll find something that works. Hold on one sec. You can get seventy from the Giants for. <laughs> oh, I love this shit. Ninety one and one thirty four. Okay. Because I'm still charging a tax, but it's a good that gives us a good baseline. That's right, wait, that's including the tax. So it's a little bit more realistic than just the chart. It's a blockbuster. It is. Blockbuster. I love this kind of stuff. I know me, too. You have all the power of your Arizona. Jaden Daniels is on the clock at four and five teams are calling you to come get him. Yep. Yeah, I'll just settle for pick 30. Do you want Jaden Daniels or not? Yep. We're forcing yeah, this. Trade. I'll call okay, the Raiders. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, i'll call watch, up i'll call watch, up davis i will me. watch yeah. that son of a gun's crazy enough to hire tom telesco <laughs> right on the on, the, on you, the heels of him getting canned yeah. by la so you know that dude will do, you know that dude's willing to get i'll call sean payton you know how much he hates russell wilson do you know <laughs> i'm not i'm not afraid to go back down to 15 i'm not all right we're making this happen oh right, man did, we're just walking with a a haul all right, Romo Dunze. We really did turn a negative into a positive by we not did. getting more. And you know what? That's the yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's and then they weird. take a Dunze. Look at all yeah. these remaining picks. What the hell? Why did we do this? <laughs> We're to be here till what midnight. Are, who are we gonna take? We haven't watched. En- we haven't watched enough players to do this. No, You're the I'm one who kidding. said the roster was yeah. bad. Oh man. So are, is there a debate here between offensive tackle and wide receiver for you, or are we going Romo Dunze? I have all significantly higher than a Dunze, but I it kind of defeats our whole combo of the show that we think they keep Humphreys. And and also with all the picks yeah, they have, Humphreys you can't... also, you can cut him next year. Right, and why can't you still take a tackle later on? This is a deep that's tackle what, that's, class. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Whoa, so... whoa, whoa. Yeah, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, nobody's Joe All, in my opinion, but... Right, you know how it goes. If you want a good tackle, take one early, right? Typically. Just because just because the timeline doesn't exactly maybe line up with Humphreys. Yeah, you, you still take the best player. You take the best player. I think I'd take Joe All here. Okay, I mean, you're not going to hear an argument from me because I have them separated by... I'll tell you right now. Uh, nine spots. Mm. They're they're going to be closer for me, but I still think I I'd take Joel. Do it. I would take Joel. I mean, now you have all in Paris as yeah. your tackles. You don't even think about tackle for a long time. Yeah. You... Can you trade Humphreys? Yeah. What the, what, how needy offense? The problem is that he's hurt. That's the brutal thing in all of this. Yeah, but that's also reason to draft Joel. I, I agree with that. I, I was talking about from the trade perspective. No, I know, but I'm, I'm but just you're 100% about. right. 
Okay. It, gave, it gives you more. Okay. Let's go, Joel. Let's okay. do it. We're still right. going to get wide receiver help for this team. Um, oh, baby, are we ever? Right. All right. So we're picking at 27. Oh, look at Tyler Newbin going 26 to the Bucks. Good player. Todd Bowles knows his safeties. You know what? I'm really happy for Tyler. Newbin. Super Bowl winning safety, Todd Bowles. Just a Minnesota safety duo in Tampa. Now. That'd be pretty gnarly. That would be pretty gnarly. Okay, this is the draft. I'm just scrolling it so everybody could see how it went. And then uh, Cardinals up at 27. So wide receiver options. Brian Thomas Jr. still on the board. Lad McConkey, Tez Walker, Keon Coleman, A.D. Mitchell. Now we're also picking 35 and 39 here. So we don't even have to pick wide receiver here if we don't want. This is a fall, though, for me for Thomas. I think he's a top 20 player. Thomas is, I think Thomas, very clearly on the PFF board, he's he's the highest guy who's left. So Thomas, I think, makes sense. Um, Kamari Lasseter is still here. I think he makes sense. He Mitchell is corner, I like the corner depth. I, yeah. I know I'm going to get a corner in the two picks after this. I don't, oh. I'm not going to get a Brian Thomas Jr. at all. I don't know. His wide receiver class is pretty good. I think he's. I think he's being vastly underrated at this point. What about like a Leonard Taylor or a Byron Murphy or uh, a, Mur- or a Murphy? Is the conversation again? We'll have that combo when we do the D line rankings. And they need D line. They need both gap shooters and they need guys that can hold against the run. I wonder what his arm length is going to be. All right, so are you still going, Thomas? Still that going would be team? my pick, hands down. Okay. I'm intrigued by interior defensive line, but I feel like we can. All right, let's go Brian Thomas Jr. All right, we're going Brian Thomas Jr. Top of the second round, now pick 35. So we've got Joe Walt Brian, and Brian Thomas Jr. in hand. Oh, I think oh, Troy Fontenot. That value is insane. I think he's going to be gone. Yeah, me so too. I don't, want to, I don't want to do that. I think you could still pick Mitchell here. Sure, yeah. Or Tampa. Either one. I have no problem I, with so, either. So we have 35 and we have 39. I think one of this one of these picks is a corner and I think the other is a wide receiver. Double up on Cause wide I, receiver. Because I, I don't think, I don't know if Byron Murphy is going to make it to the second round. So, so you want to avoid doing that pick here? Yeah. Okay, wow, what a rise for him. I mean, I think, no, he... I don't. I just don't think it's insane. I know he was early in DJ's mock draft. I get it. But interior I, defensive line guys just go so quick if you think they're good. And yeah. He's young. He I don't is. think he's making it to the second round. I think he's a late first round pick at, at worst. Okay. So. So we will avoid that here. Mitchell and Tampa are both in play for me here. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jonah Ellis is in play. Yeah. Did Braswell make it here? No, Bra- dude. Braswell went twenty-five. Wow, to the okay. Packers. That's disappointing. I would like to power rusher here. I would take Mitchell. Yeah, that makes sense. I think. I think I'm taking Mitchell. Okay. So let's. Okay, we're we're going Quinion Mitchell and the thirty-nine here. So Keon Coleman went. T.J. Tampa went. Ad Mitchell is here. Xavier Leggett's here. Oh, Chris Jenkins is here. That's a big need. 
that's a big need for them. And he's exactly what they need against the run. Mm, I might like that. I like Brandon Dorless as well. I do too. I like Dorless a lot. Jalen Polk's a nice fit for them. They need an underneath guy for, do they need a center? Um, I think so. I know it feels like they are just, you could kind of say, yeah, unless they think gains can develop, but that's a, he felt like more of a depth draft piece. I liked your initial thought on, um, not doorless. The, I like doorless. Played every, every snap at center this year for them. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing. How old is he? Uh, he's 27. Okay. Mm. Maybe. Maybe they don't need one. Go. Who who do we pass again that you liked in that spot? Um, what do you mean? Jenkins. Jenkins you like. Oh, yeah. Jenkins is here. Who yeah, I that's, like. That's a no-brainer for this team. I think it's between Chris Jenkins and let's say that they spend money on, they have an interior defense. They have to sign one of Somebody. the guys we talked about. DJ Reader, yeah. Leonard Williams, like, on Leonard and on. Williams, Justin Matabike, yeah. um, Christian Wilkins. Yep. Like, let's, Sheldon let's Rankins spend, is out there. Like it, they've got, they're they're, they're going to get one. Yeah, at least one of those notable players. What's our next pick? 66. So, it's right, so we probably have to take Jenkins now if we want him. Yes, totally. And just totally. a reminder, everybody that sees Byron Murphy there, we're acting like he's gone. Right. Um, so Tavondre Sweat's still here. I think you'd be able to get him, though, at the next pick. Maybe not in this scenario, but I think he's one of, one of those guys that... 66, top of the third round. All right, you want to... Mm. Mm. Yeah, who knows? Dorless is a, is a sneaky nice pick for this team. Because he could, he can has some flexibility up front. I, I think he's a good football. Yeah, player. I like Dorless a lot. I would be really happy if he fell to the next pick here, but it's probably not. I don't think it's likely. No, not with where he is on the PFF big board at fifty-five. Oh man, this is brutal. I think he might be there at the top of the second, uh, third round, like in all reality. Sure. But I don't think he's going to be there in this scenario. Yeah. Is there? Are are you kind of like fighting interior defensive line because of wide receiver? Well, I would take Polk here if I was going to take anyone. But no, I have no problem addressing a big need in Jenkins. I like Jenkins a lot. He's very run first kind of player. That pass rush green light did not come on this year, but at least he's athletic. I feel I feel I think we should wait for interior defensive line till round three. Then let's do something a little bit more fun. We also are going under the assumption of our actual plan that we dished out money for interior defensive line help that needs to be factoring into the draft strategy. Right. All right. So you would go Polk. I would go Polk because now I've built my offense that I have a vertical guy in Brian Thomas Jr. I think Michael Wilson can do everything. And I think Polk's your short and underneath guy. And I'm not even thinking about wide receiver after that. But Trey McBride is just great. So you already have a great pass catching tight end. I like A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Leggett more, but. But you don't think that's. You're you're just taking stretch guys, right? Leggett, maybe not. But Mitchell's definitely a, a vertical guy once again. Yes. I didn't, th- I didn't sure. see any polish in his game in short and intermediate. 
Uh, I think he's fine, but like Leggett's the player that you would throw screens to. Right. You know, Rondo like Moore is gone, gone if we take Leggett. Rondo Moore was supposed to be the I manufactured touches guy. Leggett. Okay. I mean, listen, I'm a fan of Leggett. So the more I think about it, the more I'm like, Michael Wilson can be sort of a short to medium, like route running kind of a player for you. Leggett could be your yards after the catch guy. Like he's the dude who you could put on screens, drag routes, right. crossers. It's it's cliche, but you want him to be your Debo. And nobody's Debo, but you want him to be a guy that you find a way to get the ball in his hands. Let's draft Leggett. Okay. All right, we're going Xavier Leggett. Uh 66. Uh Baki is oh, fun- Junior Colson. Yeah, jun- I love Junior Colson. Sioni yeah, is a fun pick. Dude, it's a really fun pick for this team. Vaki might be like RB5 in this class. I know. And he doesn't even he doesn't play it full time. <laughs> and he played it for like two games, like a cow like against Cal, and then I can't remember who the other team was. But um, yeah, man, I think Junior Colson's on the board here. I think he's my he best available sense. player. Mm. Sanders still is just a favorite of this show. Yeah. They need good players. Yeah. I like I like the Dwayne Carter pick as well. Yeah, oh, I like Christian front. Haynes. Like they need to get way better in the in the interior offensive line. For sure. What's the interior O line uh board look like right now? I will tell you. Yeah, it would be um, it would be Haynes. Tay went, Tay went back to school. I gotta take him off of there. Yep. Um I was alerted that he had went back to school and I missed that. Haynes mahogany like haynes i think it would be haynes for me and then what we have a pick in four picks and then five picks we have 70 and then 71 so we run this yeah we do Monty austin ford is is out here brothers uh let's go colson he's my best available player okay we're gonna we're gonna go junior colson and then i think we should go christian haynes next okay guard center flexibility yep 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 uh Dwayne Carter, I would I would take Sanders still, but if we need D line, oh Rook, Cor- yeah Carter or Rook, a row a row from Clemson. Oh row row row. Do they need another running back? Like, do we want to give him Trey Benson? I think you, this is the team that you just do that on day three. Just take two okay. flyers on day three. Like, let's not use a real asset at running back for this team. Okay. Yeah, Jerry Jones, Marshawn Neeland. Slot mm. corner class is just sitting pretty right now. I know. I kind of like the Sandra still. That's the pick where it's. I, I like Keytrail Clark, but it's like, do I like him over I not s- picking Sandra still? No. Probably not. No. Oh, it's Sandra still with Jonathan Gannon would be fun. All right, let's do it. You want to do it? Yeah. Okay. Picking Mikey Sandra still at 71. So. This is our recap of the uh, the Arizona Cardinals draft. Look at this bad boy. It's, it's an awesome draft. God. Oh. <laughs> All right. So we moved back from so we moved back from four to six. We got an extra second and third round selections for it. Um, and in doing so, we got Joe Alt. So we've got two young bookend tackles. We got Brian Thomas Jr. 
we got Quinion Mitchell to play as one of the CBs opposite Garrett Williams. Xavier Leggett on this team as well, who now this sets up this sets up Xavier Leggett, Brian Thomas Jr., um, Michael Wilson, Rondale Moore, Greg Dorch with Trey McBride at tight end. That's young, but like you, you got a lot of talent in that receiver. You've got right a now. lot bigger at wide receiver too. Yes, yes. Junior Colson to start at one of the inside linebacker spots that I think is a major need for them. Christian Haynes to compete for either center or guard. And then Mike Sanders still to give you a flexible nickel right. corner slash safety player. Oh boy. Yeah. So we didn't, so we did, we all, after all that, we did not take interior defensive line, but it's because you and I and said, we could buy it. right. You could buy that. You could buy those guys. Gotta so buy you, something. You're, you're adding at least, you're adding at least one more piece on the interior defensive line. Probably a big splash at in free agency is what I should say. So there we go. We did it. They've been asking Cardinals fans for a long time for this one. The people, the people have been asking. And uh, I think we delivered. And, we, and no, we did. We did. We did. We did. We delivered. We absolutely, we absolutely delivered. All right. Before we get into kind of what we've got coming down the pipe for uh, over the next couple of weeks, trying to senior bowl, got to shout out our friends over at prize picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Easiest, most exciting way to play DFS. Uh, it's just you against the numbers. You pick more, you pick less folks. It's just that easy. Instead of battling thousands of players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less on uh, two to six player stat projections. And you just watch the winnings roll in. Eli is flying high off of his, off of his hit from last week. What's he got cooking for us this week? What's he got? Oh, this is pure vibes pick, he said. So Christian McCaffrey. Oh, okay, so this is a boosted bet. So if you go over to prize picks, I think this is just a boosted one because it's Christian McCaffrey more than 0.5 rushing yards. So guy's going to get that. Travis Kelsey more than 39.5 receiving yards. Amon Ross St. Brown more than 59.5 receiving yards. And Gus Edwards more than 37.5 rushing yards. Folks, that one sounds, sounds like we might have two in a row. I don't want to jinx anything. I want to counter chickens, but it sounds like we could have two in a row here. Go to prizepicks.com, use promo code NFLSE, and if you do, you get a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com backslash NFLSE. Uh, use that promo code NFLSE, and you'll get a first deposit match up to $100. You pick more, you pick less. Uh, it's that easy, my friends. Also, if you enjoy the mock draft experience that you have seen throughout this show, I said earlier, but I'll repeat it. MDS30 gets you 30% off of a premium PFF subscription. It gets you the full unlocked mock draft simulator going all through all through seven rounds. You can do all sorts of trades uh, like we did here on this show. It also gets you a lot of the free agency tools that we mentioned when we were talking about the free agency portion of the show. So MDS30, get yourself 30% off. It's a um, great bang for your buck deal to start this new year to, uh, to us during draft season. Whenever you see us do stuff on this show, you'll be able to do it over at PFF.com yourself. Connor? Tomorrow, I fly to Dallas for the Shrine Bowl. We're kicking it off. My so friend. it begins. The... And and so my watch begins. Your watch. And, your, <laughs> and, and yours will shortly after that as well. I will make my way to the wall shortly. That is for sure. <laughs> I fly to Mobile Monday night. I will see you there. We Our next show, the next time you guys see us, we will be, I guess, at our hotel. Probably. Probably at our yeah. hotel. Recording. Yeah. 
a senior bowl, not recap, because it'll be after two days of practice. Everything yeah. we've thought of the senior bowl so far, pretty easy yes. format. Because yes. the roster is so good that it's it's just so relevant. And then after that, we will be releasing a mock draft Friday. Why is my brain spazzing yeah, out right we're now? Gonna, schedule, yeah, when the gonna... schedule changes, I just melt. I turn into no, a no, potato. No, no, no. So, so Shrine Bowl is this weekend. And even though we're not going to have a episode on the show due to just like scheduling, where I, I just don't think that we're going to be able to do it. Um, maybe I mean maybe we could do one Sunday, but I, that's that's a big TBD because it kind of just depends on schedules and all that stuff. So even though we won't have a dedicated Shrine Bowl episode, the the channel we're going to try to do some shorts on this. Like yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys all sorts of updates of like players that I'm watching, players that are standing out. I'll have practice footage clips from that's great. Um, hopefully field level of of where you guys can see how these guys are playing some of their best plays throughout the Shrine Bowl. We'll do the same thing for Senior Bowl, yes. but Senior Bowl we will have that dedicated episode at least on Wednesday, and then like Connor mentioned, we will have a mock draft episode for you post Shrine and Senior Bowl. So that's a ton of movement, a ton of changes. And just like the combine, maybe not as much, but there's a lot of factor in here. Shrine Bowl and Senior Bowl is where the NFL world gather. So when that happens, you go out to drinks with people, you get some dinner with people, you start having conversations, you start learning like what a lot of people in the league really think about certain players in this class, certain positions, all that kinds of good stuff. So this next mock draft that we will have a week from Friday is going to be a monster of new information not just because of the practice footage but also because of what we're going to be learning over the next uh eight or nine days so dude i'm excited man this is going to be a very very busy next eight days or so but i'm I'm excited to be able to get down there uh see in person get to hang out with you there do some scouting yes. in person, and obviously relay a lot of this information to the good people here on the show it's going to be awesome we will um be out on the field for senior bowl and i'll do my best to take a lot of video. Maybe we can roll some of it into our show on Wednesday. Yeah. I think that'd be really, really good, especially those one-on-ones that people really like. So Trevor and I will be out there on the field, try to get you guys some exclusive videos of practice. And then uh, obviously mock drafts galore. Like we said, we're going to be at the Super Bowl the week after that. So the next two weeks of shows, not going to sound different in any way, but will definitely look different in a good right. way it'll be a lot yeah. it'll be a really fun two weeks here on stock exchange so just uh roll with us and as always in the comments tell us what you want more of i mean 100 it's a little cut yep. and dried these next two weeks because or at least the next week because the all-star event matters so much of this process but keep the suggestions rolling in yeah absolutely like we're, we're not doing the preview shows like we did in years past just because one we wanted to give you guys more fixture franchises because you guys seem to really love those and two we'll be able to give you plenty of information as it is unfolding. And we kind of thought that that was more valuable than doing the preview stuff. So like Connor said, let us know in the comments what you guys want to see. If it's more practice footage clips, um, we can tell our editors, Ryan specifically, like, hey, like, let's try to get these up as like shorts or little things that we could say about yeah. players after each after each day. Like, if that's what you guys want, we will try to give you as much of that as possible. But let us know in the comments. That's the best way to do that. Um, you can do the same with what you guys thought of this episode. Obviously we'd love to hear your feedback. That was a wild long <laughs> three round mock draft. And so we were kind of wheeling and dealing all over the place. So let us know what you thought about like the value, the picks, the process, all the kinds of good stuff. And then what you guys think about the Arizona Cardinals as well. Best way to do we that. Of course we, what go ahead. We should just go live when we're in Vegas for the Super Bowl on the channel. See what, see how that goes. <laughs> 
just what like on the streets of vegas everywhere casinos radio row let's streets uh, let's 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 book a uh david blaine mind freak show and we'll just like go live but we're not showing the actual magic show like we're just doing a pod while the magic show is going on in the background that content definitely won't get taken down for copyright now maybe it will but look we're going to come up with as much crazy fun creative stuff as we can over the next couple of weeks to uh give you guys an insight and kind of what's going on into our world in the scouting world but uh yeah keep up with us on social media at tampa bay trey at connor j rogers on both instagram and twitter uh and then we'll just post everything that we possibly can here to this channel to uh make sure you guys are very informed till then i'm trevor sikama that's connor rogers thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the nfl stock exchange podcast we'll see you guys next week 